Hey now, Fight Game Media fans. This is Mike Gilbert and J.D. Oliva, hosts of Brace for Impact. Join us each and every week as we recap Impact Wrestling. I know what you're thinking, but you don't have to be an Impact fan to like the show. In fact, it's probably better if you're not. You know, we like the show, but we also tell jokes like to have a lot of fun at the company's expense. We absolutely do. We have our own feed, so just type Brace for Impact in the search bar of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Hit the subscribe button, download the show, and join in on the fun today. Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and on today's episode, unfortunately, once again, we're going to talk some WWE releases. I'm going to talk about some of the matches I watched at Wrestle Kingdom, Nights 1 and Night 2, and I just recently watched AEW uh, Battle of the Belts, their one-hour special on TNT, so... I wasn't going to talk about it originally, but since I watched it, I'm going to share my immediate thoughts on this show. And I'm also going to talk about NXT UK after taking a two-week hiatus. They showed like highlights for like last two weeks and some special Merry Christmases and uh, Happy New Year uh, promos from some of the talent. Um, I didn't really watch those shows, but um, they're back. Back regular shows this week. And the main event was for the NXT UK Women's Championship, Mieko Satomura versus Blake Davenport. And uh, there's some talk about our Facebook group about that match. A lot of people liked it, so I'm going to give my thoughts on that match. So we'll get right into that shortly. But before that, I want to talk about last week I mentioned uh, for our Patreon, Fight Game Media Plus Patreon, um, we're going to do a special, take it on podcast, a special one for the Patreon listeners out there, um, still working out some uh, time and and uh, date with uh, Promise Thomas from I Left My Wallet on the Wrestling Observer uh, Podcast Network, and we're going to go over some of the young athletes um, in the wrestling business today. We're going to break down about five or six of them. Um, Promise Thomas, of course, you know, 20 years of this in this wrestling business, trained by the best, worked with the best. Um, I'm really interesting, interested to hear his thoughts on these young talents. What they need to, what are they doing good now? What they need to work on? Um, maybe what could they they adjust to the characters? Just you know, it'd be interesting to see. I want to, you know, we're gonna talk about some great young talent, and I think it's gonna be a fun episode. And Promise is a really smart guy, and I think I think it's a must listen to when he talks about wrestling because, like I said, he's been there and done that. And you know, so I think it's for you fans who want to learn more about the wrestling business, want to learn more about um, creating a character, want to learn more about working inside the ring. You know, Promise is uh, the guy to listen to. So. Um, excited about that show. Of course, we just got narrowed down to time. Um, he lives on the East Coast. I live on the West Coast. So finding a time to record that show is a little difficult, especially, you know, he's a, a new father, a beautiful baby, shooter jack. Love that little guy. And, of course, I got three little rascals here. So we got to make, we got to find time to, to record it. And when we do, it's going to be awesome. I know you're going to love it. And if you haven't joined our Fight Game Media Podcast, again, it's only $5. Give us a shot. Check check us out for a month. A lot of great shows on there. A lot of great content. 
which I talked about in the past episode. So you can go on there, check out Patreon, type in Fight Game Media, and see what we got to offer. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's a great bargain price of $5 a month. So that'll be, that'll be, uh, we appreciate your, appreciate your support. All right. So, man, New Year's Evil happens on a Tuesday. And the next day we get more WWE releases. And, oh man, this was a tough group. Now, majority of it was, uh, actually, I think all of it, yeah, was WWE Performance Center staff. And some talent, too, that also worked on screen as well. But mostly WWE Performance Center staff. And I'll just give, the, give you the list real quick here. Uh, William Regal, Roda, Brian James, Timmy Thatcher, Danny Birch, Hideki Suzuki, Allison Danger, Dave Kapoor, Scar Armstrong, George Carroll, Ryan Katz, and Samoa Joe. Heartbreaking. I mean, this is the wrestling business. I know that the releases happen, and it's, you know, these are more downfall of the craziness of Vince McMahon being angry that NXT didn't win the war against AEW. And like I said before, many times on this show, on the Fight Game Media podcast show, on the Wrestling Observer, NXT versus AEW failed before it actually started for NXT. Well, in the pandemic, well, I'm not going to put any heat on the pandemic for this because, you know, the pandemic, you know, everyone was affected by it. But NXT was, was had some good momentum going in 2019 and then early 2020. But that, and, the, and the pandemic did, did, did give them a big hit. But the fans have been conditioned when an NXT person gets called up to the main roster, majority of them don't do much, don't have a major impact. Early on, it did with the women, the four horsewomen of NXT, Kevin Owens, big winner of John Cena. That made NXT even bigger, right? In the fans' eyes. But soon after that, F do the revival. Great tag team. Now FTR and AW. Still a great tag team. They get called up. I know they won a tag couple tag tiles, but really nothing was done to make them featured. It was just in the middle, right? I mean, tag titles, championships in WWE get handed out like uh like uh like cookies, right? On a on a on a Sunday on a Sunday afternoon special. You know, it's just like you know, it's just people, you know, they don't Beat as much, the belts don't mean as much, and winning them doesn't mean as much anymore. It's just, it's literally a realistically just a prop. It doesn't really have like, oh man, this guy is a champion. You're like, wow, man, they are. That's something special. That those days are long gone, in WWE at least. Um, you know, groups like Sanity get called up, nothing done with them. Um. Forgotten Sons, and even recently Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, like, and that was the real n- nail in the coffin. Just, just, just kind of finish it all off. Was when Keith Lee got called up, and they did nothing with him. 
they just you know which was insane because how well he got over when he made those special appearances on those special shows when they had the survivor series show uh with all the brands you know compete against each other royal rumble when uh how keith lee got over so great in the royal rumble uh especially his moment brock lesnar it's like all of a sudden they they Vince soured on him and the rest of the history carrying cross was uh you know fallout of the again losing the war against aw he was uh you know, part of that deal, and then they soured on him and turned him into an S&M character, and, you know, the rest is history, y'all know. Scarlet never was with him, and NXT really gave this guy a major league presentation, perfect for the main roster, and they did nothing. So to me, NXT always had that uphill battle against AEW. AEW was hot, it was fresh, it was new. Um, there's excitement around it. NXT had that, but that was years before, and fans starting to kind of slowly, slowly, you know, just check out of NXT because they know when their favorite get called up, nothing happens. Bobby Roode, remember how hot Bobby Roode was in NXT? Gets called up, nothing. Doesn't do much. Just some guy in the middle. That's what happens to NXT people. They become in the middle when they get called up. It's like they have to pay their dues all over again. It's ridiculous. Look at poor Ridge Holland. Um, you know, it gets called up. Probably should stay within NXT, but they run him up there. He gets called up. And he just does a bunch of vignettes for a while. And he's first match in, loses to Cesaro in like three minutes. And now he's Sheamus' uh, buddy. It's just stupid shit. I'm sorry to cuss. I'm sorry to swear, but it's just so frustrating. Without the territory system to feed the WWE, they create their own. They create their own farm system, right? So use that farm system to freshen up your main roster, freshen up those matches, those cards, because they're getting so stale. But no, it's all the same people on top the whole time. And I don't. I'm not saying, oh, they gotta get rid of a lot of, a lot of people and bring up to all the, these new guys. No, I mean. I like Randy Orton. I think he, I just love his work. I always enjoy his matches. But give him some fresh opponents to wrestle. You know, Sheamus, been there forever. We've, how? What else could Sheamus do at this point? He's won the title. He's won every title down the, in the roster. What's left for him to do? But he would be interesting if he had someone fresh to work with. And build bright new stars. The fans need something new, or it's just gonna—it's just gonna slowly and slowly rot interest away. And NXT, I mean, now 2.0. It's—it's it's just really bad. It's just another episode of Raw. I believe a lot of the Raw writing team is actually writing this. And it shows because it's the same stupid segments. Um, even out on like like like, like on New Year's Evil was a good show, but that's like a special show. We're not going to do a lot of the goofiness. It's just matches and and you know big finishes of programs or big title matches that you built to are uh, are culminating on that a special event like that on New Year's Evil. But there was one segment on there 
that was totally out of, you know, the raw playbook of just the girls working out and having some stupid bitch fest. Just lame stuff. And so now they just kind of blow up the performance center when it comes to their coaching staff. Of course, Matt Bloom is still there. Sarah D'Amato is still there. Norman Stiley is still there. Terry Taylor is still there for now. Shawn Michaels is still there for now. Um, but they lost a lot of great people, I thought. You know, William Regal. He mentioned he was there for 21 years on a recent on his recent tweet about being released. Very uh, classy tweet by William Regal. But he was there, the right-hand man next to Triple H. You know, seeing what this business really needed, right? It needed people who are passionate about wrestling. You need those people that want to be wrestlers. He knew the value of independent wrestlers and bringing them in and get taking away their bad their bad traits and just you know teaching them how to be you know performers on television cleaning up their work that was the performance that was about and then feeding it and then and then building future stars of course right and now he's gone because you know another casualty of the the old regime just didn't get it done and it's that's I I think that was a, this is a big mistake. If I'm AEW, I know like we always say they can't sign everyone, but I'm signing William Regal. I'm putting him in some kind of management position. I'm uh, he is going to be scouting talent because he was a good ta- talent scout. He knows the UK scene, so when that ever starts blowing up again, or something happens in NXT UK, you know, and those guys and gals become available, I want Regal on my team to say, hey, you got to get this kid a kid. Jordan Devlin, the Coffee Brothers, Wolfgang, um, um, Noam Dar. You know, like, he needs to be on that AEW team, in my opinion. Road Dog Brian James, uh, creative guy on the creative staff. Um, yeah, just had a heart attack. And he's gone. Timmy Thatcher. You know, of course, a lot of people know my history. Timothy Thatcher worked for many years. Great guy, great talent. I just love watching him work. So happy he went to NXT because I was, you know, I wanted people to see him on a national, national scale. And he had a great run there. You know, great matches with Champa. I liked when they put them together as a tag team. And then when the the new regime came in. The writing on the wall for Timmy Thatcher when it came to like on television, right? They wanted younger and, you know, go younger because that's going to bring the new, that's going to make the ratings go up. That's going to bring the new people. That's going to bring the young audience in. That's going to get that 18 to 34 demo up. These young, inexperienced people that are so bad in the ring that no one wants to watch them. And what happens? No one did. The ratings are the same. Every once in a while, they go up a little bit, but it's all that 600,000 people still hanging on. You know, the loyal NXT viewers, but I think those people are starting to erode away, right? It's still the older demographic that, that, that is watching that show. The younger viewer, the younger wrestlers aren't bringing in newer fans. I'm sorry, because it's still the same product that's turning people off. 
I'm talking about the main roster product, the, the style they do, is turning off the younger viewer. Why do you think their ratings are eroding? I know SmackDown has a good rating, but look at Raw. Raw's just... <laughs> Raw shouldn't be 1.7. It should be in the twos at this point. But it's just... It's just really bad. I can't even take, pull myself to watch Raw. It's just... I just can't do it. It's three hours... It, no one's no one feels fresh. No one feels new. No one excites me on that roster. I know Brock's a champion, and Brock is a guy that I do like to watch. But I'm only interested in Brock versus Roman Reigns, so it's hard for me to invest in the main roster product. I try to watch. I was gonna watch day one just for that Brock and uh, Roman match, but when you know, Roman had COVID, and then they. You know, made it a five with Brock. I, kind of, I knew what was going to happen on that match, so I just didn't watch. And I haven't got back to even watch. I heard that match was, I mean, event was a lot of fun, but still haven't got back there. But Timmy Thatcher, you know, they take him off television and he becomes a coach. And he's a great coach. You know, he's definitely a guy to learn from, especially teaching the fundamentals or all that. So he's going to be fine, obviously. He's going to go. And if he still wants to, if he still wants to wrestle, well, I think he will. He'll he'll get he'll definitely get work. Um, I could definitely see AEW signing him because I could see Brian Danielson just saying Tony Khan, I gotta sign this guy. I want to wrestle him. So I'm sure I'm sure Thatcher is fine if he if he really does want to continue his wrestling career inside the ring. So and he still I think he still has a lot to give to the wrestling business. Um, he's definitely getting definitely up his PO for the. For the independence, you know, and, and all that. Danny Birch, I like Danny Birch, man. Him and Oni Lunker had a good team. I really enjoyed their chemistry together. I thought they made, would would have made a great, on the main roster too, a, just a great mid-card babyface. I know you're like, John, you just said, like, all the things people come mid-cards. Well, yeah, some people will be mid-card guys or gals on the roster, but you also got to feature some to break past the mid-card. But I think... Tony Lorcan and Danny Birch could have settled in perfectly as a nice, you know, hardworking babyface team that, you know, wins some on TV, loses most, and always puts on a really good house show tag team match. And he just, you know, like, everyone's talking about like, being younger, and that's what's going to get the new viewer, younger talent in their 20s. I, but, you know, Danny Birch is a good worker, and he had that great, Look, you know that that for like a baby face, that hard, it hard edged, been on the streets forever, fought bare knuckle fight. Look, you know, baby face, or you can be that same thing as a heel, like just a nasty looking heel, you know, and good wrestler. So sucks to see him get get released, and it sucks, you know, the sucks what happened that these guys, you know, they had to like get taken off television because they weren't they weren't. uh 20-year-olds. It's just for her latest. Hideki Suzuki, part of the Diamond. That that group is a... <laughs> that group is a... Man. They lost a couple people. Lost a couple people. They were originally going to be in it, and they got released, and then... It's just insane. Uh, I, He never wrestled. He was a trainer in NXT. Just came out as the, the coach, right? And they never really did anything with him. I was like, I was hoping he would ever get he would get in a match because he's he's really good, different style. I don't know if it would really work like main roster, but I think it really would work in um, 
on NXT. Actually, main roster, it could work if you definitely that silent assassin type, you know, just that madman torturer with submission holds guy. You know, he comes in, beats people for like six weeks, just so, just makes people scream and with these submission holds. I mean, you could do something with that with him, but Allison Danger, I think she just started coaching there. Da- uh, the daughter, the, the sister of uh, Steven Carino, Steve Carino. And, um, you know, now she's gone. Taken poor longtime writer of WWE was moved down to NXT. And, you know, they now he's gone. And from my, my report on him is he was really good and really was doing a great job out there. Scott Armstrong, referee, um, um, helped time the shows or usually did time the shows for NXT. Um, been there for a very long time. I'm not surprised, like, him being cut because he has been there so so long and you know he changed it up a little bit there george carroll um he was only there for a short time and and i heard i know i know some of the segments he did produce and they were really really well done you know he he was a fresh viewpoint right he was a fresh um has some fresh opinion, fresh ideas for the show. And now he's gone. Ryan Katz, man, he was Dusty Rose's right hand man for a very long time. He he was he created, helped create many of the the successful gimmicks of NXT. He was there when the rise of Charlotte. He was there with the rise of Sasha Bailey. You know Kevin Owens, all that stuff came up with a lot of great gimmicks and characters. And I still think he had many, many, many creative ideas to give. And now he's gone. Samoa Joe released, got rehired, and won the NXT title from Karrion Cross. That was a great build. And then some kind of wellness issue, and he was gone. But then he was now back at the Performance Center doing some coaching and hanging around the Performance Center doing some stuff. So... You know, seemed like he was going to go transition into that role of trainer. Oh, I forgot to mention too, uh, Gabe Swakowski, the uh, Evolve former RH Booker, Evolve owner and Booker. He was also released. So unfortunate. It's I mean, it shit happens, right? It's wrestling. People get released all the time, but at the same time, it's like. I think a lot of these people here were benefit benefit NXT so great, especially like Thatcher, Thatcher and Danny Birch, just like teaching these young kids, getting in there with these young kids, and going hold to hold and teaching them stuff. Like that's gonna be so valuable, considering like they're not doing the Orlando loops and they're not, you know, they're not getting that experience. So I mean, it's it. I think rolling around with Thatcher in the ring is better than. But they're gonna get now. Who's gonna train these guys? Who's gonna get in there and show them? Who's gonna who's gonna teach these young kids? And just I just can't believe you would get rid of so many veteran talent on the NXT roster because who's gonna guide these kids in these matches? They're just gonna run into each other. You're gonna have to, even if you can it, even if you at the forms every day, go through it, go through it, go through it. Shit happens in the live TV. Shit, you know, like. It the camera 
and what do you do? Like they need the someone that's gonna guide them. If something goes wrong, hey, let's grab a hold, let's settle it down, let's, let's start from where we need to go, where we need to be, where's the time, all that stuff, right? But these young kids, when stuff goes awry, they they panic and then the match they start rushing and the match falls apart. So why they why they did this? Why the why it's going? I know it's it's mainly Vince, right? It's Vince's call. He, he's he's the one making these calls, right? Nick Khan, I know a lot of people putting heat on him, but yeah, and he does deserve a lot of the heat too. And Nick Khan's mentality is, you know, anyone can do this anytime. We'll just plug in some people. They don't work out. We'll go and get some more. That's that's mentality. And like, oh, we're going to get these athletes. We're back to that again, right? We're getting these athletes. We're going to train them. They're going to be stars. But these athletes don't have the same passion for wrestling as someone that did the long road trips on the indies that worked for very little that was you know just had the passion to keep you know to keep working and learning and loving this wrestling business those are ones that are just gonna want to keep going and put their 100 effort these athletes yeah a few a small percentage might get might get what wrestling is. Might get it. I fall. I love what they're doing. I love this. What they're going for. I love this. I love. I you know. I fall. I'm falling in love with this business. Right. I wasn't a fan, but I get it. I get what it is. I get. I can make money at it. And they fall in love with the the uh, performance. They fall in love with uh you know the psychology behind a match and how they get the crowd up and down and how they take them for the ride. Like there's going to be guys and gals like that from those, you know, college athletes they sign. They're going to get in. That's going to take that. It's, but it's going to be very few, very few majority are not going to get it. And they're going to be released because the doctor now is like within two years, if you're not up on television, which is NXT television, you're gone. Right? So, and a lot of these athletes, they'd be like, ah, you sign them to these contracts. They do the training, like, and they made they get on TV and they're doing well. And one day they're like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. That's not really my thing. I'm tired of bumping. I'm tired of doing this. Blah, blah, blah. You're not going to, they're not going to be grinding. You know what I mean? So they're not, because they don't love the business. And like, you're, so you get opportunities to people that are just kind of doing it to, to continue their athletic career instead of like, opportunity to give it to some people that really love it really want to do it really want to put their heart into it really want to be really want to make you the company money right they, they really want to make not only themselves money of course but they want to make the company money they want to be big stars for not just let them of course personally everyone wants to be a big star but they there's people that under the people from wrestling understand like hey like we got to do this for the company as well so I'm just saying, you know, probably rambling on this, but it's just really frustrating to me. Really, really frustrating to me. And NXT 2.0, and granted, and New Year's Eve was, was a fun show, a good show, actually. But next week, I'm not, I guarantee you it's going to be a bunch of head pulling crap. You're just going to be like, what the fuck's going on here? It is crazy. It doesn't make no sense. It's, it's you know, at least NXT, the black and gold brand, had good wrestling, had fluid stories it was easy to follow it didn't really insult your intelligence too much though there were did some wacky things that would drive me nuts but you know nothing's perfect but it's better than this 
really better than this. I don't mind them going brighter. I don't mind them getting a better building than they were out before or, 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 or revamping the CWC. I was totally down for that because I thought the CWC where they had it was way too dark and you couldn't see the people and just kind of, you know, I like I like what CWC looks like now, but I still want the wrestling from the, the black and gold brand, right? Let's just hope and pray things change, but I don't think so. I think it's just going to get worse, unfortunately, man. And that's going to affect the main roster because talent's going to get weaker, and it's going to be it's going to be messy. And who's getting over? No one. So let me know what you're talking about. 2.0. You think it's still going to get better? You think it's going to get better from here? Do you think? Uh, is there any bright spots for you? I know Braun Breaker, of course, everyone loves him. Everyone can see the potential in him. But is there anyone else that you see? You, what do, you, do you see something within 2.0 that really, you know what, it's not that bad? You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Wrestle Kingdom this year, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, a few years ago, we used to have some big, some nice groups, you know, all watching at Meltzer's, Dave Meltzer's house. We all... Stay up late, watch these shows. It was a lot of fun. and But now, due to COVID and everything, it's just it's harder. Plus, it didn't be in the middle of the week. A lot of people working. It's harder. So, everyone's kind of watched on their own this time with my friends. And for me, I just I just couldn't do it. I can't watch two nights, five hours of wrestling, whatever it was. So, um, a show. So I was like, yeah, I'll just check out, you know, certain matches. And what I watched was Shibata's return against Renarita. I watched Hiromo versus Desperado for the IWGP Junior Championship. I watched Okada versus Shingo Takagi for the Heavyweight Championship on night one. On my night two, I only watched Jeff Cobb and versus uh naito and i watch okada versus will osprey so i was gonna watch roshi tanahashi because i i'm one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and i just i didn't even know i i saw versus kenta and i didn't even realize what this match was gonna gonna be a uh, street fight where the hell hardcore rules uh modern uh, americanized hardcore match i guess is what it was and i'm you know, doing that little 15 second click, 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 click on some, you know, I'm trying to watch this quicker than I would usually. Usually I would like to watch the entrances and everything because I really like watching the entrances. But I was kind of like skipping through and then I hit the 15 seconds ahead, got past all the entrances for Kenta and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And then all of a sudden I just see <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi, like I said, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time with a freaking kendo stick in his hand swinging at Kenta. And I was like, I am done. I'm not watching this great wrestler do this kind of match. I just can't do it. And I fast forwarded. I did see the bump at the end where I saw where Kenta busted his head op- head wide open and mashed his face up. And then I saw, and I saw the high five flow off the ladder through the table on Kenta. And so there's that. They, 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 they could have just done a regular match. There's no need for this. No place for it. It it I think Kenta just wanted it. I guess they're trying to add some spice to Wrestle Kingdom. 
people want really good wrestling matches at Wrestle Kingdom. They don't want this this stick. This is this this garbage. They want that's fine for this. That, that's happens to WWE. That happens AEW. People want like they don't understand. Like, even American wrestling fans want Japanese wrestling when they watch Japanese wrestling. They don't want to see what they see on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays on their show. Like on when they watch Japanese wrestling, they want the alternative. They want the wrestling. They want the hard hitting style, the strong style. That's what they want. Not this. Shibata, Renarita, Shibata, quote unquote, surprise everyone and made us a regular rules match. It's supposed to be a grappling match, but he changed the rules, strikes the head, illegal, all that. And got a nice reaction. Makes for a nice story. Um, report at was that no one knew, but come on, let's be honest, people. People knew, and New Japan's not gonna. <laughs> we never let this happen. If something really happened to Shibata, and you know, they wouldn't want that to happen, right? Even if so, this was all planned. He told, he told people. Maybe he didn't tell everyone. Maybe he wanted to surprise and pop some of the boys or most of the boys. But I'm sure he told the management, especially Gato, what he's gonna do and what he wanted. And this show, New Japan, you know, in the past, Russell Kingdom would have a lot of surprises or, or big shoot a big angle or just something that would kind of get people talking. And, you know, this was the surprise element on on the t- at the Russell Kingdom. So they needed a surprise element. This was it. Um, it was a fun match. I liked watching. It was a nice little uh, wrestling match. Um, told a nice story. Holds, reversals, everything well executed, like you expect from these two. And, you know, Shibata 1 is a nice, nice feel-good story. Uh, Hiromu and Desperado for the IWGP Junior Championship. It was okay. Um, I'm getting to the point where I, you see one Hiromu Takahashi match. You've seen them all. Uh, I did like that Desperado won because the story was that, you know, when Hiromu got hurt, Tai became vacant, Desperado won it and defended it. So... You know, he always had that over his head that he didn't beat the champion to win it. So him beating Hiroma here kind of solidifies his run. So I like that part of it. But the match is, was just okay. You know, they worked hard and everything. I'm not taking anything away. I'm not saying it was a bad match. It's just, you know, the Hiroma with the chop battle back and forth. Boom, boom. They stand in the middle ring and they just throw chops at each other. Yeah, that was cool when I first saw it. And I was, you know, but it's like every Hiroma match. And it's just... It just loses its luster. It's like when you can't do it all the time. Like people think, like, oh man, Flair and Steamboat chop all the time, but no, they chopped and they would sell, then they fire back. This is just sitting there, just slapping each other in the chest for you know fifty times, and it's just, you know, it got boring, you know. And um, but I like Desperado. I always liked his work, so I'm happy he won. I'm I'm happy that they're continuing him as champion. Like I said, it's a good story. I, I like when the a champion who has a little bit of a uh, an asterisk on his uh, reign, and, and he and he gets that taken off, and he finally beats the guy that he should have beaten. I thought that was cool. That's the simple booking stuff. Okada versus Shingo Takagi for the IWGP title. I, honestly, I felt this was very predictable, um, but at the same time, it was a really good match. Um, Takagi, I just love watching him wrestle. Um, it was a nice, slowly built match, which a lot of Takada main event matches are. But it just makes sense. And the wrestling's good always. And he always builds up to that great sequence, you know, finished sequence. And Takagi's so fast. And 
with his offense. I just love watching him. I couldn't have one clothesline to Okada's face was nasty. I don't know what the hell happened there. It was straight fist to the face. Uh, that that I'm surprised it didn't knock him out. That's all. This looked it was rough. It was a rough, rough, rough clothesline. But Okada was good. Won the match, and I thought it was better better than the Osprey match. Um, but some people seem to like the Osprey match more, and that's cool. Um, night two was uh, I watched Jeff Cobb, of course, versus uh, Tetsuya Naito. Um, this was a really good match. I love the story. It's very simple. Naito chopping down the granite rock that was Jeff Cobb on th- and um, really working on his leg and, and you know, Cobb fighting through it with the power. But finally, you know, Naito gets the win. And I... I kind of, exp- I was hoping Jeff Cobb would get the win here at the Tokyo Dome, especially because he had so much momentum coming out of the G1, and I thought, man, they could continue that here with a win at G1, uh, sorry, Tokyo Dome, but, you know, Naito, I, I, I figured Naito was going to win because Naito in 2021 didn't have the best year, so to kind of start him off fresh with a big win, um, you know, this was... This was their call, and they're going to put the Japanese people, the Japanese over. I think you know, with the big Japanese, big Tokyo Dome show, they're going to put the Japanese stars over. And as we saw at the end of the night, Naito is the first one to challenge the new champion Okada for the title. Um, does it this hurt Jeff? No, because I think Jeff is always going to get over because he's such a special talent, um, and you can easily heat him up quickly. It won't take much to do it. Um, I would have him win the New Japan Cup and challenge for the champion, you know, whatever, at uh, at the May show, the big May show. And once again, have him have another, another run at the G1. I'd love to see him in the finals this year. He made it to the finals as block, but I want to see him win a block and then go into the finals. So that'd be cool. And he because he's, he's been killing it in New Japan. He's been doing a great job. And I, like I said, I really, I really, really like this match. I thought it was a very smart match and you know jeff Cobb really pulled it out in this match too from you know the to, to, to finish this match it was a pretty amazing performance on his part and you know naito was looking good was looking good look a little heat you know jeff Cobb really made him look like naito again right so that was he did his job and did a great job with that okada versus osprey it was good but like I said, I like the, the Okada Shingo Takagi match a little better. Osprey, part of it's because Osprey, I just can't get into him. I, he does some amazing thing athletically, of course. You know, he just, you know, it's amazing what he can do with those with those flips and twists and all that kind of stuff. But I just don't, I just can't get into because it's not, like it's just so zero to hero. There's a little selling and and I don't know. I just. Kind of, I don't care if he does a moonsault off the top of a lighting fixture. Like, that was stupid, in my opinion. You know, I don't know. But the right call was Akata. This is this Akata's finally won it back, and he was the right call. And I'm glad because, you know, Osprey, eh. Put it on Akata, make, you know, build around him again and people chasing him. And like I said, I like to see. Who will beat him? My God, man, let's give it to Jeff Cobb, dude. You know what I mean? Like, let's do something new and fresh. New Japan definitely needs that. And let's hope, hopefully, 
I know right now it's kind of crazy with the Omicron thing and, and, and infections are really high up right now, but let's hope we're getting close that this stuff will be kind of calming down in 2022. We'll start opening up easy, more for people and we'll get some fresh, fresh talent in New Japan from fresh matches. That's what I'm hoping for because I feel and people kind of up, oh, I'm just not interested in New Japan this year. I'm just not like, hyped. I get it, but like it's not their fault, guys. Like they can only do what they can, right? They would totally be doing a lot, a lot of crazy stuff, a lot of big stuff, but it can, you know, they have rules, people. They have rules and. It's just like when, like even WXW, you know, a lot of their fans were weren't excited because oh, they're not, they're not a lot of foreign talent here. There's not a lot of fly-ins. Like, well, they can't, right? <laughs> they can't, you know, at the time. So people are just, just morons. Come on, man. Like, just, just read the room and understand what's going on here. So let me know what you thought about Wrestle Kingdom. Did you, who you thought was better? Was it Okada versus Shingo or Okada versus Osprey? Which one did you like better? Um, who do you want to see take the belt off Okada? Hit me up on Twitter, LaRocca JL. Just let, let me know. Let me know what you think. I want to hear. I want to hear from you guys. Okay, so AEW battle the belts. Like I said, I wasn't gonna watch it. Um, I didn't have enough time to watch it for the show, but you know, I got back early from my night out and. I was able to watch it, and I wish I would have waited to watch it because I thought it was a really, really bad show. Um, AW by the Belts, when they announced it, I expected a big event. It had to be a big deal, and it was not. It was not, especially when you – and I think the fans' eyes, like, you you made it not a big deal going forward because when you had the FTW title, a fake Mark Belt defended – on this show, like it's means nothing, makes this show mean nothing, right? But let's get into this show. Let's go match by match here. Opener was Dustin Rose or Sammy Guevara for the AEW interim TD championship because Cody Rhodes, due to COVID protocols, could not defend his title. So they made an interim TNT title. Stupid. Absolutely dumb. Unless Cody, who knows what's the situation. If he's going to be off TV for a while, then I can understand this. But if he's going to be back in like 10 days, you know, after his quarantine's up, then this is just a rush deal. And all of a sudden, Dustin Rhodes gets a title shot. Like, I haven't even seen this guy win on uh, on Dynamite or Rampage. For how long? I think the last time I remember in a singles match, I think he lost to Aleister Black. So I don't or Malachi Black. I don't understand. But they're like on uh, was a Friday. They're hyping this up and they start talking about his record and everything. But that's all on Dark. No one gives a shit about Dark. It just it just drives me insane. They use that the, just there to pad records, you know. Like well, in that case, like in 1989, Dino Bravo should have be wrestling Hogan on the. You know, for the title on the pay-per-view. Because, you know, I saw him every week just side suplex fools and get the win. Right? Some jabrones. And, like, does he get a trial shot? It's just it's just stupid. In this match, I hate this match. I hate this match. It was going fine in, in the first, like, few minutes. And then it just kind of just took a weird turn. Right? Like, first of all, you had two bay faces. And right away, they shake hands. They hug. And all of a sudden, like, it just takes this aggressive turn. Like, Sam McVara's running Dustin Rose's 
head and the guardrail and all that. When did the when did the this match break down to that? Right? It was just it, when did it get so heated that you had to throw a guy in the guardrail? Two bay faces. No, like not give make it something major to really kind of trigger something, but nothing was major here to do that, and it just didn't make sense and looked awkward. And then, like as it kept going, and you're just just doing a bunch of shit to do a bunch of shit. Like the pile driver on the floor by Dustin, like you're gonna hit a pile driver on the floor meant nothing. And then all of a sudden, like apparently rules don't. Rules don't apply in this match. There's never this never announced as a hardcore match. There was no disqualification match. All of a sudden, Dustin Rhodes or Ursula Sangavara pulls out a table. Like, dude, why? You're gonna risk getting disqualified and losing for using this table? And they did because Dustin ended up giving a Canadian story to to the table. Fucking dumb absolutely dumb this was stupid and then guess what two count false finish and then quickly dustin gets the crossroads gets another crossroads then goes for the same uh jay driller that cody beat san Guevara with and then just like that Sangara says he's fine. He's doing a bunch of moves. Oh my god! Just <sighs> this is horrible. Who said thought this was a great idea? Who said yeah? That's cool. Can't throw us to your table near fall. Perfect. It's just unbelievable that they did this. I was so mad. I hate this match <laughs> by the end of it. Ugh, man, what a bunch of crap that was. Ricky Starks versus Matt Seidel. Crowd was about as ex- excited as see a baby cow get birthed. You know, like, it's just like, they're just like, what's going on here? No one cares. Ricky Starks should be a big star by now. He's just out there doing nothing for months. And no momentum behind him. Now he's just throwing on this show to defend his stupid title that Tony Khan liked in back in 1988 because he thought the FTW title was cool. And he has Taz there. It's just so stupid. Rick Stark should be doing so much more than this bullshit. And Matt Seidel hasn't won nothing in this in this company. He's just he's won a couple matches, but they never did anything with him. So no one cared. Everyone's everyone was quiet. Everyone just sat on their hands during this match. I, I damn near fell asleep at the end. And like I did fall asleep because I had to go back and watch Britt Baker versus Rio. I was so like, it just it was such a bore fest, right? And that shouldn't be for Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, when he debuted in AEW, had that match with Cody. And then people started like, wow, man, this guy's future star. And I know he got hurt and everything, but you know, he's been back for a while and he's mostly been just. Ever since this little series with Brian Cage, didn't do him justice because Brian Cage sucks. Like, it just, he just has no momentum, nothing behind him. He's just there holding this stupid belt, looking like a fool. No one cared. This is the, 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 zero reaction for Ricky Starks, which was unbelievable because he was so hot at one point. Like, people were really into him. 
The main event, <laughs> Britt Baker defending her women's title against Riho. This match was a, another disaster. First of all, just the work. So bad. Riho's strikes look like shit. The work looks like shit from both women. The story made no damn sense what they were trying to go for here. At one point, again, now we have these women bring out a table. We just saw a table in the last match. Again, this match is no disqualification. No, no, no. This match is a standard championship match. It's, it's, there's no, no one's now said no disqualification. No one said no rules. So, Jamie Hayes starts bringing out a table, and Riho ends up, you know, turning it against them and runs up the table and drop kicks Jamie Hayter. That then the, the the table falls on Hayter's leg. She's lucky she didn't break anything there. Stupid spot. And then there's a moment in the match where Jamie Hayter just jumps on the well. Britt Baker can't put her away, right? She did all her big moves. Can't put Rio away. That's the story. Like she's never finished. Uh, she's never finished uh, Rio. Never beat her in a singles match or any match in AEW. So she's done it all. So Jane Hater throws the belt in. Referee didn't see it. Rebels like, what are you doing, Jamie Hater? But then gets the belt and still gives it to Britt Baker to use. But no one's drawing the ref. Right? So, like, what was your plan to, like, give her the belt so the ref could see it so it could disqualify her? I guess that was, like, just get intentionally disqualified. I don't know. It, it made no sense. Even Jim Ross, like, that was stupid. Like, this makes no sense. He literally said this makes no sense. Like, he just was frustrated as I was. And, you know, that, that this caused Rebel to get kicked out. And then back and forth. Finally, Britt wins. Yay. Britt Baker, great personality, strong promo. But, man, when that bell rings, she can't get it done. And that is just the facts, people. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people like her. I like her. I Like I, like I said, I think she'd be a great manager in the vein of Sensational Sherry. But not as a main event women's champion. She just can't deliver. And this was like one of the the... This is actually one of the quietest reactions for her as well because people want to cheer Britt Baker. They're so they're so wanting that babyface turn from her, and they never got it. So now they're just now they lost the momentum with her, in my opinion. So now she's cleared out the whole women's division. Uh, mainly, there's still Jade Cargo, but God, that's a disaster waiting to happen whenever they have a ratch. There's Thunder Rosa that they can go back to, and I guess Thunder Rosa would be probably the one that does beat her. Um, but you know. Is it going to be another hardcore match? Because that's what they did last time. If it's a regular match, I mean, it's kind of anticlimactic, you know? So, I don't know. It's I didn't want to see that match because it wasn't good to begin with. But, yeah, they have a rough go, man. I know Britt Baker is really pushing for Tony Storm to come in uh, when she can. I think she will come in, and I think they need her. So, um, yeah, I hope I hope they get some of these... You know, people at NXT is released. Like Mercedes Martinez, I think it was a good pickup. Um, I think uh, Tegan Knox would be a good pickup. I think you know she's someone that would be good on their roster. That needs. She's still twenty something years old, and you know, still 
was pretty good from what I saw her work. I, I enjoyed her work in NXT, so I like to see her there. And of course, Tori Storm, I think, has a superstar potential. So I'm sure she'll be there, and 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 which that would be good. That would be good for all of us. And the women's division definitely needs a lot, a lot, a lot of new talent. Last thing I want to talk about NXT UK. Uh, this show was okay. I thought it wasn't their strongest show. Uh, my favorite thing on the show was the Elia Dragunov vignette. That was uh, about his family and you know what it means to him and how he fights for. They showed clips of his home, clips of him training. Uh, they showed his son, but they didn't show his face. They showed like the family. They showed, I loved it. I love all this stuff. This really rocky, every man against this really cocky, arrogant, you know, rich kid heel and Jordan Devlin. Thought that was really, really good. Uh, another thing I liked on it was uh, Walter, of course, is going to NXT, which will be a good thing going forward on 2.0. I'm looking forward to him being there. I hope they don't do him doing stupid shit, but uh, I wouldn't think so. But he is moving to the United States. He's already here now, but because um, this match was probably taped like, I think it was like taped like six weeks ago. Um, and he announced like, you know, next week will be his final match in NXT UK for now. He wrestled Nathan Frazier, which is going to be a great match. And he cut one hell of a freaking promo. I love this promo from Walter. It's, it was really good. This guy can do it all. Cut a promo. Work. Believable. He could draw the company money if they really if they really get behind him. If they, if they, if they really know what... I mean, they he should be a, an instant money-drawing guy. Money opponent for Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. You know, he, he could be the... He could be a big-time star if, if they really... Get behind him, but you know it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. You know if Vince sees something and he's gonna think he's too fat and not a star, and and will he's just losing much? You know then Vince won't get behind him, or Vince will think he reminds him of someone from the past that he likes, and he'll get behind him. So we'll see. All the best to Walter because he's my you know, he's my favorite to watch in in wrestling today. Like I always love his matches. Um, the main event was for the NXT UK women's title, Miyako Satomura versus Blake Davenport. Uh, this match to me was a big disappointment. Um, I, I was really excited for this match. I was looking forward to this match. I thought Blake Davenport would win the title in this match. She didn't. My Miyako, Miyako Satomura went over in a way where she still keeps Blake Davenport strong and even Blake Davenport after the match attacked um yeah Sanamora later out so they, I'm sure they'll have a a rematch shortly and maybe she wins that one but Blake Davenport who was looking good in NXT UK but really did not look it looked slower and I don't I know people are gonna take this wrong way and you know she looked heavier than when she came in but I think slowed her work down um you know, I'm not trying to shame, body shame anyone here. I'm just, you know, you could, you know, when she came in, she was really lean and mean. And then here you could tell she, you know, she definitely gained some weight. I th- like I said, I think it really worked. It really affected her work here. And, um, you know, me as a, uh, you know, as a, you know, red blooded man, like I, I'm not, I think she looks great, but you know, I'm talking, you know, it, Affected her athleticism in this match. You know, she still will do that spot where she kind of springs to the second rope, springs to the top rope, you know, and she took a crazy bump on the top rope. But I really thought it it really hurt the match. Just it just it just really didn't 
it almost didn't seem like they had any chemistry in there, really, um, as well. Um, this was definitely Mika Sotomore, one of her, not one of her top matches, and it sits being in NXT UK. It was fine, but it, like I said, it, I would say it was fine. It was a passable match. It wasn't like, maybe my expectations were way too high. I mean, I should have lowered them a little bit, but um, it didn't work for me. I know a lot of people in the Facebook group um, were talking about this match and they really liked it. Um, so, you know, Sotomore did look good, but I think Blake Davenport didn't hold her end. So, let's hope. I mean, I like Blake Davenport. I like what I really like what NXT did did for her presentation. I think she has a you know great entrance, all that great look um, when it comes to the lighting and her, her gear and just 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 her attitude. Like she has the poise, she has the, all that, and I've seen her have decent matches in the past, but. This one wasn't up to her standards, in my opinion. Or, and maybe she's never going to be into that standard. That, But but I think I'm going to give her another shot. And I think when the rematch happens, we'll see if she can really come through and really have that great match. Because, uh, um, yeah, like I said, I was very disappointed in this one. So I hope you guys, hey, thanks for listening. I love all the feedback on the Take It Home podcast. Um, so cool. I'm hearing the, the show's doing really well. When it comes to the shows on the Fight Game um, podcast free feed. So, thank you for that. Thanks for clicking. Thanks for listening. I love it. Um, if anyone has any match recommendations, please hit me up on Twitter. Uh, there's some some guy on Twitter was like really, he, you know, was really giving me crap that I, I like NXT UK. And I was like, hey, okay, that's cool. Like, what do you, what do you watch? And let me, let me know what it is. And I'll, re- I'll review it. I want to review it for my show. No response. So, um, I feel bad when, you know, people are not watching this. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to get the word about NXT UK cause it's a really good product. And, um, and you know, especially next week, you know, it's going to be another, another example of it with, with Walter versus Nathan Frazier. So definitely check that out next week. I think it's going to be a hell of a match and I don't think you can go wrong with that one. And I believe Walter will probably go over, but, uh, you know, Nathan would be get over by losing, but, uh, and with, with get over within, with, in losing, you know, he'll still get over, but um, it's going to be a barn burner, I think. It's going to be really, really good. So, so thanks again for listening. Again, follow me on Twitter, LaRocca JL, and I'll see you next week. Take care.